At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, some of our bottles can be remade in a whole new way, using 100% recycled plastic. New bottles using no new plastic, except the caps and labels. Learn more at madetoberemade.org. We have had a lot of exciting new things to share with you about the show recently, but this might be some of our biggest news yet. Death, Sex, and Money is officially going to be live in New York City at the Tribeca Festival on June 11th. And I want to personally invite you to the live taping we'll be doing with the legendary journalist Kara Swisher. If you know Kara's work, you know her ability to get people to tell her things is unmatched. And she does it in her signature hard-charging way. She's not afraid of things getting a little combustible. I have a slightly different interview style, so we're going to talk about that and play around with that in experimental ways that I think will make this a special show unlike any of our other live shows up to this point. And it's not often that I get to do a live Death, Sex, and Money show in New York, so I really hope to see you there. Whether you're in the city, on the East Coast, or just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash DeathSexMoney. We are so excited to see you there. So, Miracle. Yes. Where's Anna? So, Anna's actually on vacation. And so, we're getting to take the reins a little bit. And um, we're kind of running the show ourselves, you know? Ooh, they better watch out. We're going to be trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, Cece, I know that you um, had, like, a recent update, um, and you sent a voice memo over to Anna. Yeah. And I got to hear it, um, and I think everybody else needs to hear it as well. Hey, Anna. Um, sending you an update on what's been going on this summer. I'm talking to someone, and I'm actually really excited about it. We were supposed to meet up Sunday but we're kind of so excited to meet each other because it's just like the last little thing that we're thinking about meeting up tomorrow. <laughs> and he's really nice. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't normally get excited. Okay, so the first day went really good. And then uh, we were supposed to meet up and then he didn't show up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, we had been talking for like, mm, I don't know, three f three weeks by then. And I was like, at first I was mad. Like, how dare you stand me up? But then after a while, I started thinking and I was like, he would never stand me up. That's not like he would call me to tell me he can't call me. So then I started freaking out. I started to get worried. Coming to find out, I was totally right. He got in a car accident. <gasps> oh, He's okay now. Um, and so we went out again, and then we're, like, together now. Wow. And how long have you been seeing this guy? I have been seeing him for about a week and a half now, but we've been talking nonstop for three weeks. Okay. And how did you meet? You met, was it on, because I know you're using different dating yeah. apps, yeah. right? Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. Yeah. Okay. Mental note. Maybe I should add that. So, like, what's been going on since the last time? I know you you saw a teacher, and then you matched with someone, and then the teacher made out with your match. 
Yeah, yeah, that um, that definitely happened. Um, so that occurred, and I was like, wow. So I'm just gonna like set this down here, uh, not look at my phone for like a week. <laughs> but I have been messaging this one guy, and okay. um, it's actually been going pretty well. Like. I was thought it was being really lame and he was just kind of going along with it. And so I guess we'll see what happens. This literally just happened like started yesterday. We started messaging each other. Okay. So um, just trying to keep the conversation going and I guess like making a first move to see like, okay, like, can we hang out? Will this be a thing? Yeah. So just still testing the waters. Do you feel like, do you feel like there's pressure to find like the one the the guy for you oh so like yes and no like so there's a part of me that you know I guess like among my like young professional friends it's you know oh like you know it's no big deal like we enjoy ourselves now like it all naturally happen but then there's also I think just part of the culture that I'm in I don't know to say the culture of the south there definitely is a um, like feeling of there's a completion when you have that person. There's a completion when you take that next step and, you know, you're having that family. And I think for people like me who aren't necessarily rushing to find that or rushing to have that, you're kind of looked at as like a crazy person, I guess. Do you feel incomplete without this this part? No, I don't feel complete, but I do feel like it will be a season of life for me that will come eventually. I'm, um, I feel like right now I'm at this point where I'm just wanting to know myself more. So I don't think I have that feeling anymore. I think I've been there. Um, but, you know, the past three guys I've dated, they're all married now. <laughs> and so, you know, I've gone through that. I've gone through like my pity parties of like, okay, like, I thought that was like, that was going to be at the end step. But then like, when I reflect on those relationships, like, I'm glad I wasn't the bride. Like, I'm so thankful. And so, you know, it makes me realize that I am, um, I don't know, I just feel f- fulfilled, like where I am now and being who I am as my own person. And I um, don't want to be in a situation where I'm too reliant on someone for my happiness. And I'm afraid I probably did that in the past. And just don't want to do that the next thing, you know? Yes. Yes, my little Jedi. That's it exactly. <laughs> you know, I have the same answer. Yes and no. I realize I live a pretty good life. I have a yeah. good job that I love. I have a nice home. I don't have a lot of debt. I get to work and do things that I like. Yes. This will be one more nice thing to have, but it won't be the thing that defines me. But you're right. I mean, that societal pressure, it's always there. I got parents just like you. Uh, they think they're slick. They've been putting in little nudges. <laughs> oh, where's my grandbaby? My mom is always like, I need a grandbaby. And I tell her, you better take these oh grandcats. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, you know. Oh, okay. So I forgot to tell you. My experiment. So I decided after listening to the episode that you did with the um, Tinder, was it a Tinder specialist? I think there were Tinder. There were an online dating specialist in these things. I decided I'm going to try to game the system a little bit. Every other day, I'll go into my account, into my profile, and I'll change something small. 
Like I'll make a capital, a little G into a capital G or I'll add a question or like I'll spell check something. I'll even like delete a word and then put a new word in and then resave that. And that has given me like a ton more hits. The other thing that I changed was my ethnicity. I had mixed before and I decided to change my ethnicity to Hispanic. Like, let's see how that goes over. That went over like gangbusters. I've seen such a surge in responses. And I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that. So I thought it was really interesting when you made this comment about the fact that, like, you, like, changed, like, your ethnicity. Oh, like, yeah, on my your experiment. profile. Yeah. And then you said... You were getting, like, more interactions because of that? Yep. Okay, explain that to me. So, like, the people that started to approach you, were they different ethnicities? Or, like, was it just, like, in general, just more men? Or, like, how did you feel about that? Okay, so, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, and I'm African American, and I always put that I'm mixed. I didn't even change it for a solid five minutes. And every Latino black or white guy like in a 50 mile radius (laughs) was texting me it was so weird because it was like like it's one little tweak what difference does that one little tweak make but it made a huge difference yeah and see and that so because when I heard that I just like I don't know if it's because of the area I'm in I'm in North Alabama and like I attract so many older white men which Absolutely not that that like that's the a area problem. it's just <laughs> shocking because I'm like how do you see me first of all I feel like I look young for my age so that's kind of weird but then it's just like I don't understand like how they see me and I guess assume there's some kind of like connection there and this isn't even like through like online dating apps this is just like strictly if I'm out in public and a man's going to approach me he's probably going to be an older white guy like order do I have other options are you, so like, other than, I know you're using Bumble, mm-hmm. are you using any other apps? No, I have not, and I'm kind of thinking about it. I get so frustrated, because like, I'm like, I guess my thing is, is this like the only option we have nowadays, like in 2018? I'm like, what happened to like, just being out and like, meeting people, you know, doing things that I like to do, and finding somebody who likes to do those same things, and I feel like that's not an option anymore, but... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Any suggestions? So, like, your man you have now. Like, where did y'all go for your first date? Uh, we went to we went to an ice cream shop. We went. There's a very popular ice cream shop here in Sacramento called Leatherbees, and we went to an ice oh. cream shop. It's a little different from what I usually do. I usually do coffee, but oh. you know, I, I, we're. I think we are working and we're together because nothing about this has been usual. And we click very well. Like, you know, when you hear you hear someone be like, oh, we just like fell in love. It was just perfect. Like right off the bat. It's kind of that where like it doesn't feel it never felt weird. It never felt awkward. Um, We're still, you know, we're clearly still in the process of learning each other. But it's Mm -hmm. almost like, oh, yeah, like, oh, we've been together 20 years. It's no big deal. (laughs) See, and to have that. Like, you're a success story, you know? Oh, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm the hottest of messes. Oh. 
Girl, who are you telling? Like, I, I feel and the I exact same And I found him because he's a hot mess. And we just a mess together. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Josh Levine. My podcast, The Queen, tells the story of Linda Taylor. She was a con artist, a kidnapper, and maybe even a murderer. She was also given the title The Welfare Queen, and her story was used by Ronald Reagan to justify slashing aid to the poor. Now, it's time to hear her real story. Over the course of four episodes, you'll find out what was done to Linda Taylor, what she did to others, and what was done in her name. The the great lesson of this, uh, for me, is that people will come to their own conclusions based on what their prejudices are. Subscribe to The Queen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now.